is a god of the game. It's the Shamra show. Lords has been conquered for the third time in the history of Indian cricket. In football, it's the beginning of the era of Julian Nagelsmann at Bayern as the familiar sight of Dortmund capitulating handed his first major trophy. What's going on at Arsenal and why are they struggling to complete the signing of England's fourth choice goalkeeper? Serie A begins this weekend, but it feels like we all know what's going to happen. Let's go. It's not just KL Rahul who scored a century, but we too kind of did. I mean, at least a quarter of it. Yes, guys, this is our Silver Jubilee, aka 25th episode. Yes, and like the previous 24 episodes, Ishan and I are going to help the sports fan in you to get all the updates. By the time you finish probably doing your dishes, you're cutting your vegetables, or you are in a boring Zoom call where both your audio and video are muted. Hey Ishan, what's up? What's up, Bala? I think I, I think our aim, I think our mission statement is basically to become the Durdashan for everyone for sports. <laughs> that while you're chopping your vegetables, you're listening to our beautiful voices, like the All India Radio, and talk oh. about sports. Wow, golden days, golden days. Now, see, we ended the last episode with with a hope that whether India will pick up the remaining three wickets and win the famous Lord's Test. And they did. Like for someone who lived through the pain of watching Indian cricket from the 90s, pain of listening to Hindi commentary uh, through through All India Radio and other thing, this is dreamland. Like going to England and dominating a test match at Lord's is, 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 this is brilliant. Well, I won't use the word dominating, but yes, dominating in terms of the mindset, I feel, because, you know, India won that match mentally. Uh, you know, we, I think you'll, I will bring, come to the talking, talking about the partnership of Bumrah and Shami and how that broke, you know, England's back. But I think England played the game the wrong way. I think they started, you know, banter, which was a little aggressive when the Shami and Bumrah were batting. And the thing is that the new Indian team as the Australians have discovered, <laughs> is that if you go aggressive, India win. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, but I want you to tell us about what do you, what do you, what, what, what were your thoughts about the Shami Bumrah partnership? The point you rightly brought it up, like the, the mentality of this Indian team, this new fresh face of Indian team is very refreshing to see. Like they have this never bend down, never die. Like if someone comes at them, they go like twice that aggression back at them. So, at, I mean, they, they go at a certain level of aggression. Like we ourselves feel like, we understand you, you are angry. So they are that aggressive to a level where they will be in their opposition's face. And, and yes, that is one of the ways how we won the game. Like we rattled them mentally with that partnership because they used all their cards. They used Anderson, they used Robinson, they used Sledging, they used everything they could. But still, they couldn't take the wickets of Shami and Mubra. Not that they scored 89 runs and then they got them out. They went undefeated. Like as a bowling team, as a Jimmy Anderson, like that would have hurt him. That's where we have won. And this team have proved this time and again, time and again. As you said, like against Australia, against England. And well, we couldn't do it against New Zealand, but like we have been doing this consistently for a while. So it's 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 not a one-off thing. It's it's definitely this is 
this is definitely a new era of cricket we are seeing. yeah and i think what i think england got the game plan wrong while shami and bumrah were batting i think they went for almost like a body line strategy where they thought they'd bounce those two out but and you know root put in a very defensive field which after a point you know england are not the fastest bowling attack in the world you know yes you have wood but he has spurts he'll bowl three overs if you last those three overs the rest of them especially anderson however great he is and he is one of the greatest fast bowler for me in my mind in test cricket he cannot aggressively bounce batsman out anymore and i think they missed a trick there they could have you know kept bowling in the line there would be a high chance that bumrah and shami would nick some and michael holding was you know getting so so agitated with this strategy that england had and i think just to end this point you know one it was one of the i think the best victories up, up there straight with the gaba victory we had uh, meaning sorry you had uh, we lost uh, mm-hmm. but uh but you know because what made you know really stood out for me was the first ball rory burns faced you know he padded the ball nervously almost eight indian players slips gully everyone converged onto the ball it was frightening i can imagine the i can't imagine the fear in rory anyway he can't barely can bat anyway uh, the fear in his eyes seeing all of them charge up in his face breathing down his neck i think it was incredible to watch as an indian fan but yeah sometimes like you said even i feel abhi thoda kuch zyada ho raha hai so one of my friends who was listening to this uh, last week's podcast uh, told me and he shared me a link uh, which brought up a pretty interesting point on why india played that extra two overs after lunch and then declared when it was exactly 60 overs remaining in the day so apparently if india were able to get england all out before 60 overs or within the 60 overs they won't uh, mm. lose points because of slow over it in the test match table uh, yeah. oh wow so imagine i'm just thinking like india were ready to risk losing sorry not losing drawing a test match over winning in order to save those four points because i think billy i believe in the first game both team were deducted some points right exactly both teams already lost four points on the first game yeah i mean i thought it was just very a, new dimension i thought right? they, i thought kohli just wanted to screw with the the english team but I meaning this makes a lot of sense and pretty like smart I I exactly thought the same. I exactly thought the same. He's just screwing. Yeah, but I think that's really good management from the Indian team as well. You know, I I, I understand the risks involved, but to have the presence of mind, obviously, there's so many people in the staff. They know it, but to take that risk, calculated risk, looking at the long term aspect of it, I think that was a great call, and this shows. what growth our team has taken as a just as a unit yeah and also as a fan oh. it's a different uh, it's a different dimension to to look into these games from now on it's not just one test match it's not just one series there's a world test championship so you need to look at the long term again it's just a, yeah. it's just a thought i don't think it was confirmed by anyone from the indian team but someone pointed this out in our previous episode when i asked ishan will this be the year for dortmund to win the bundesliga he denied it even before i finished asking that question <laughs> i guess we all saw it why on tuesday night like bayern won their first trophy 
under the era of Julian Nagelsmann. In fact, uh, this is their first both official and unofficial win in a game with Julian Nagelsmann. I mean, it was a pretty simple, straightforward game. Bayern won it 3-1. Dortmund made some stupid mistakes. Now, Ishan, before we get into the details of the game, uh, I just wanted to ask you one question. Where do you stand when it comes to players celebrating when they score against their previous club? Uh, it's a tough one, to be honest, because I've be, I, you know, there are a lot of, uh, you know, Aspects of it, like say, for example, a, a player has spent many years at a club and then moves to another, then I'm, I generally expect them to not be so aggressive in their celebration. But if it's a short term, like if he's just been there for a couple of years, a couple of seasons, then I think it's fine. At the end of the day, it's, it's a job, right? For they, these yes. players, for us, it's a lot more than a job. It's everything, you know, our weekends depend on it. But for them, it's just a job. So I don't see anything wrong with it. But, you know, it always takes me back to Adabayor against Arsenal. <laughs> uh, that's something you should not be doing. <laughs> Got it. So what do you think about Lewandowski, who is who's proving time and again that, dude, like, I, I'm still here. <laughs> Lewandowski, man, like, I don't know what to say about him anymore. Like, I feel so bad he was... He's playing in an era with Ronaldo and Messi. It's just unfortunate because without those two being there, he would have been by far the greatest player of our generation. The most prolific. I would still put him as one of the most prolific goal scorers. Because, you know, Ronaldo, Messi do a lot of other things. But this guy is your center forward by the definition of center forward. And he's so bloody good at it. And he's 34 now. And he's still so damn good. You know, it's unbelievable. And, you know, I think under 10 years, he's become Bayern Munich's most successful scorer, right? Highest goal scorer. That is something. You Not know. yet. He's, I think, I think he's still on the highest. I think Gerd Muller is still the highest, I believe, if I'm not wrong. But yeah, he's second, if I'm not wrong. Yeah. So, and doing that in such a short amount of time, obviously, yes, Bayern Munich have been rampant in the Bundesliga for many years, but you still have to score the goals, right? I think unbelievable, unbelievable. And I think he's again going to break scoring records this season. I have no doubt about it. Yes. And Bayern, after this victory, they are playing against Cologne uh, this weekend. Uh, one should expect Bayern to wrap that game up. But talking about the striker from the other side of the pitch, who everyone thought should have a great game or could have a great game, ended up not having such a great game. Now, one thing I noticed with Haaland when Bayern was scoring goals, when he was getting a certain kind of a pass from other players, you could see a bit of frustration building up. Now, I'm not sure whether I'm reading too much into it or he's just a very... Uh, he's, just, he's just someone who demands that level of perfection from his from his teammates. I don't know. I, I still think he will, he will remain this season. And I won't be surprised if he moves to Bayern next season. Oh, God. See, I see, it's quite funny, you know, when you say that, because I see almost like a rebirth of a Ronaldo Messi with Haaland and uh, Mbappe. You know, ha Haaland is this physical specimen, tall, fast, you know, has that vibe. And now adding to it, like, you see sim similarities in his frustration when things don't go his way, like how Ronaldo has, right? And then you have Mbappe, who's this, 
calm guy who's you know has moments where he can just blow the world away i'm not trying to directly compare them but they're almost like re-simulations of those two in a way uh, for the new generation but haland is still young man like he'll be frustrated but he'll mature uh he needs a bigger club that there's no doubt about it i agree with you he'll probably still remain at borussia dortmund this season but next year you never know like you know if uh, real madrid don't end up getting mbappe he might actually be in real madrid great so now dortmund have their second game against freiburg now freiburg uh for those who don't know they are like i have to give an epl equivalent i would say someone like an everton or someone like a like a crystal palace or someone like that. like they on their day they can beat the team yeah, more like a crystal palace than yeah, everton like crystal palace like very dodgy team great uh any other any other interesting fixtures coming up i'm just looking at the fixture list leipzig is playing stuttgart again leipzig started off by losing to mainz that's a good game on paper uh, because stuttgart they obviously they're not the stuttgart they were uh, like about 6 7 years ago uh, but you know they can be a little unpredictable they've been fighting for relegation in the last couple of years but they are this season they are a decent squad so let's see how that goes and leipzig obviously if they can't beat mainz uh, who had 15 players uh, under covid uh, you know they can lose to anyone <laughs> great now see guys german league bundesliga even that super cup finals all those were on uh, sony sports network i mean i don't know like every single sporting activity in the world is on sony sports network right now i don't know what star sports is doing but anyways it's not on fan code as i said last time so it's on sony it's on sony live etc etc now when we are talking about bayern and their champions league exploits there is one english team that will come to a regular champions league watchers mind again and again and that is arsenal for losing so bad to bayern but we are not talking about we are not going to talk about how arsenal play against bayern but the current arsenal team we just want to spend a little bit time on that now before getting into the details of it let me just lay down a disclaimer we don't have any personal agenda against arsenal or the arsenal fans sorry i just laughed at the way you said that <laughs> but yeah go ahead no i'm saying like okay ah uh, so now arsenal after losing to brentford on their first game they are trying to uh, almost signed odegar i mean it's not confirmed yet but seems like it's all done and it's been here we go it's been here we go okay then it's done fabrizio romano has made it yeah. official so they mean it's official and they are in an intense battle over the last one month to sign a 30 million fifth choice england goalkeeper a goalkeeper who played for two relegation teams back to back in premier league arsenal for me and don't fail to surprise me season on season you know i hope i keep thinking you know this will be the season where they'll come good this is the season where they'll realize you know they are a big club on paper uh but you know the transfer decision they made in the last couple of seasons it baffled me don't forget they still have villian who's turned 75 <laughs> this season still on their payroll uh i find that baffling and they let go of emiliano martinez to aston villa uh, to aston villa who is one of the best keepers in the premier league who almost you know who won argentina the copa america very uh, recently and they let him go 
and they are signing a keeper, which is the most problem, which is a very unnecessary signing. The thing I feel sad for is that Arsenal have a very good young base right now. All they need is experience, you know, experienced people to support them, and but they're cons- constantly making the wrong choices. I don't see this Arteta lasting very long. I and I think you mentioned this as well. He might be the first person to get fired this season. What do you think? Yeah, I, I I'm still sticking to that uh, that prediction of mine. I still think As Arteta will be the first manager to to get fired. Now again, uh, they are, they don't they are not even in European competition. So I'm I I really feel scared for them. See, just looking at the next fixtures, they are playing Chelsea next. And then they have a EFL Cup against West Brom. So ignore that. Now, the point is, since they are not in any of the European Cups, uh, their fans will expect expect them to put a good show on these EFL Cups and FA Cups. Now, so losing against West yeah. Brom is not an option. Like, they need to beat West Brom. And the next game is against Manchester City. And Manchester City, like, if there is one thing facing Manchester City in Premier League. There is another thing facing a pissed-off Manchester City. Like... <laughs> They could absolutely demolish you. Like, w- wouldn't you? I mean, if I if I tell you that this game could end up being a five nil, six nil, would you be surprised? No, not at all. Exactly, exactly. Our defense. I know they signed Ben White. They spent fifty eight million on him, and I'll give him the benefit of doubt that it was his first game against Brentford. But he was pretty clueless throughout the game. and that won't cut it against a man city team who's basically you know smelling blood yeah and see before the international break which will start i think post the 2nd october or the first week of october game that's the last game is against brighton but the game before that is against tottenham now to me that is the game that is like the that the boiling point like if arsenal don't have at least three wins by that time i really fear fear for the worst now let's look quickly look at the weekend games any big games that's coming up as i said arsenal chelsea they are playing so that's a good game to look out for southampton manchester united i am expecting an another 4-0 5-0 or at least a 6-0 7-0 manchester city norwich city man city again they are pissed off man city now so and norwich i mean look at their schedule they started off with liverpool now playing against manchester city Liverpool are playing Burnley again. Yeah, not not much of a. Uh... I think Spurs. Oh yes. Oh, thanks for thanks for pointing that. Wolves versus Spurs, the Nuno derby. That's the thing, guys. The Saturday, the first game starting at five pm on Saturday, and then it's on till Monday night. Now the league that's going to start this weekend, the league of the Euros champions. I would say it has lost a lot of good players, but. it has also gained a lot of spicy and controversial managers yes i'm talking about seria let me start with the list of players who have left seria hakimi inter to psg cristian romero atlanta to spurs donna roma milan to psg lukaku inter to chelsea conte who was indeed a great coach now you're talking about the best right back the best defender the best goalkeeper the best striker and the best coach all gone out of your league i mean i i honestly thought that this is a season where seria is again like you know back to being the serias of the 90s and the early 2000s but i i don't think it will be like that that's sad because you know last season for the seria was one of the best in probably a decade in terms of just 
watchability. There was a lot of drama. We actually saw a different club winning it other than Juventus. We saw Juventus struggling, which is a relief to see for a lot of lot of uh, people in Italy. Uh, but I think it's gone back to status quo in a way because if you see the signings, uh, Juventus yesterday just signed uh, Locatelli on on a loan with a you know obligation to buy. That's a great signing for Juventus because Locatelli was uh, especially after the Euros one of the most sought after players. and they you know they literally poached him so i think all the you know all the champions gateway you know finger point towards juventus again this season uh inter are going to struggle uh, because yes they you know they've lost two of their best players they still have lutauro martinez they still have a strong team uh, but you know i don't think that pales in comparison to uh, juventus who will obviously be paying for blood after what happened last season yeah and there are a couple of other interesting signings tammy abraham as he said last week has gone to roma giroud has gone to milan tomori has gone to milan chalanoglu has gone from ac milan to inter milan on a free but yeah the most talking point will be the managers uh, roma is managed by mourinho who uh, i read somewhere has already already shown that vedo to eight players uh, which includes pastore pedro and a few other players so that's a time bomb <laughs> taking in itself pedro in fact just joined lazio which is uh, roma city rivals oh oh wow i didn't know that great oh <laughs> oh great another interesting signing which could work for uh, for inter milan is edin jeko yes uh, he's joined to replace obviously lukaku jeko uh, 30 34 plus i'm guessing but yes. he still has goals in him so that's an interesting signing all right so looking about the matches this weekend it starts with the champions inter milan playing against genoa it's on saturday 10 pm again this is also on sony network uh roma fiorentina could be an interesting game in fact fiorentina also has a new coach in fact they changed their coach twice in two months remember gattuso being fired before even <laughs> taking his first session The one interesting game I would probably want to watch is Napoli versus Venezia. Now this Venezia is a team from Venice. So this is going to be the only stadium where there is no way that the teams can reach through flight like there the teams the players must take a boat to go to the stadium apparently. So it will be an interesting yeah. experience. Boat is called a Vaporetto. Yeah, it's a it's a very interesting Uh, team to watch out for uh, they came from seria b last season they got promoted last season sampdoria is playing milan so as i said all these games are on sony 10 and on monday night we will talk about these games and a general round up on what's happened with seria when it comes to la liga is this the season uh like you you have been watching la liga for what following la liga for what about 20 years Can we say twenty years easily? Yes, I've been following it for about pretty much yeah. the same time. Uh, is this the first time after a very long time you think neither Real or Barca are the favorites? Uh, I would like to say no because there was there was a three season phase where Valencia was the best team in Spain and they won the and then you yeah. know. Under Benitez, they were without a doubt the best team in Spain. Uh, and then there was the season where Deportivo almost won the league, but. Yes, you're right. It's been a, at least in the last ten to fifteen years, 
Real Madrid and Barcelona are not the favorites. But that does not mean they might not win the La Liga. Agree. Now, what do you think, let's say for Real, and I've been reading reports, there are some news, news coming from all corners that Real are really going to make one big push for Mbappe before the end of the transfer window. Now, let's say if that happens, hypothetically, and there is a good possibility also that can happen. Now, is that is that all what Real need? Do you think like, yeah, that will set the team up very nicely or do we still need more? No, definitely we need more. But the thing is that, you know, I the only reason why I see Real Madrid going aggressively and, I, and I'm pretty confident they still won't be able to sign Mbappe this, uh, this season is because they're moving into a new stadium and it's for Fiorentino Perez, for God's sake, who likes like, you know, those marquee signings to open a new stadium, grandiose entrances, etc. He's all for that. So, you know, that was probably one of the reasons why the like the rumor mills are constantly saying that Mbappe might join, but I still don't see it happening. Uh, but to answer your question, Mbappe is not the answer to our problems. Uh, because our problem is basically an aging team. And the youngsters we have all we have brought in over the last couple of years and spent a lot of money on, they have not completely matured enough. They need time. So it's it's a very in a strange phase Real Madrid find themselves in. Uh, so meaning, I think Mbappe is definitely coming uh, next season probably. Uh, but they need a couple of more signings to freshen the squad up. They need a proper refresh. Great. Now, Real Madrid are playing their game Sunday night or Monday, 1.30 a.m. against Levante. Barcelona are playing the playing another club from the Bilbao region to, uh, on, on Saturday night, 1.30 a.m., like Sunday, 1.30 a.m. So that is Athletic Club versus Barcelona and Atletico Madrid are playing Elche. Sevilla and Getafe, that could be an interesting game. So if you guys want to watch a very feisty game, Getafe is, I could say, the Burnley of La Liga. Yeah, I think that should be. Or, or they were Burnley of La Liga under Bordelas. Now, I don't know how they are under the new coach. Burnley of La Liga is Lavante, man. <laughs> so definitely, I was thinking the Getafe under Bordelas could be Burnley. But yeah, Levante could also be one. Yeah. Great. Now, again, all these games... Let me repeat it again. You're not you're not hearing it wrong. All these games are on MTV, the channel where you watch Plutsvilla, oh Rodis. That is the channel. We are not joking. This is not a drill. It is on MTV. <laughs> I can't. I can't. I still it's still difficult to process. But credit to MTV. Being the first game I saw, the streaming quality was pretty good. So, meaning as long as that continues. As long as I don't see Splitsvilla ads in between a Clasico <laughs> game, I'm fine. Dude, I am worried about watching La Liga or something about this La Liga is going to be a task in one of those Splitsvilla and Rodis episodes. <laughs> yeah, because I feel like a Splitsvilla season Shuruoga and then there'll be a Clasico and then obviously Ranvijay Singh will get more priority <laughs> over uh, Karim Benzema. <laughs> I want to start this speed point topic with an observation. Like that whenever PSG lose League A, these Qataris go mad. <laughs> it feels like they accept that not winning Champions League at some level, but they can't stand losing League A. Let me just, let me just give you a stat. They, under the Qatari ownership, PSG has lost thrice. League A thrice. 11-12. 
which is their first year 1617 which is uh, to monaco and uh, the last season where they lost now <laughs> just look at psg's transfer window after all these three seasons 11 12 after that they took this big plane of cash to italy and signed latan lavetsi verati tiago mota and tiago silva in one window 1617 we all know they signed neymar and mbappe and this season we all know what happened so <laughs> if you want to pump in a lot of money into european football market just let psg lose league a uh, that's it 200 million guarantee aa raha andar aa raha that's a crazy observation actually and it makes so much sense because then for the next 2 3 years they'll be winning la, uh, liga uh but man like i'm so excited they've ruined football for sure but i'm so excited to watch them play man like just just the thought of you know messi being passed the ball from a sergio ramos you know these are things you never uh, see happening i don't even make these transfers on fifa because it just i can't see it happening and now we are seeing it in you know in reality it's just incredible and i think in uh, psg put up a insta post for a six side team they had won like won a game a six side in a practice and that was navas messi di maria icardi mbappe <laughs> in one team are you kidding me wow <laughs> now see they are playing their game against a team called brest it's on friday night or saturday 12:30 am now for listeners league a is still not being televised in india i think there's still some issues going on because no one thought messi is going to play for them now messi is going to play for them may not be now but probably in a week or two league a should be available in india in one or other platform and um, it's going to be pretty tragic if we can't see messi in the league you know yeah yeah i mean you have to see messi if you are losing if you are not showing messi to indians you are like right there losing about at least 10 to 15 million viewers every game aram se i agree i agree i'm saying it's also quite revealing that you know neymar was thought to be the guy who would replace or dethrone ronaldo and messi in terms of his impact in terms of viewership he pales in comparison don't you think yeah because he 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 got a lot of that negative uh, publicity during the world cup right with all his his rolling down the floor with all its pain and crying and all that thing like he like even now if you even if you talk to an average football fan not someone like who watches every game like you and i like someone who follows game idhar udhar they will still think neymar mm. as one of that player who will just like ha matlab touch karega to he will fall down he will roll down and all like i mean there is a whole different side to neymar other than just that part and even many people like if you if you take the name suarez the only thing that they will remember is ha to matlab he will bite people like unfortunately at a world stage they did it at a world cup yeah. right like where the entire world is watching so so that spoils their image big time now talking about other interesting games nice is playing marseille uh nice guys uh if you guys remember a lille coach i mean the lille coach who won the championship last year is now managing nice in fact nice and lille played the last game and nice defeated lille 4-0 like christoph galtier moved from lille to nice and defeated lille 4-0 so that's one game that could be uh, interesting other than that not many interesting games there 
Now, talking about other transfers, something that's building up, uh, Lingard to West Ham can still happen, Kane to City, I think it is not happening. It's, it's getting too close for Spurs. I'm, I'm guessing it might happen during the winter transfer. I agree. I mean, we spoke about this uh, last week that, you know, the later it gets, uh, it I see, we, you know, it doesn't seem like it's going to happen because Spurs won't have time to replace Kane. So, you're right. Probably the winter transfer. But Kane, has re- Kane and his brother have really screwed this up, you know, with that six-year six year deal. So, I think it's going to, you know, it's really sad not to see Kane in a bigger team or winning trophies because he truly deserves it. Yeah, that's true. Now, other teams are also trying to make some last-minute signings. Like Liverpool are trying to send Shakiri to Lyon. And uh, there were news that Origi was also being, uh, being close to a sale. Ben Davis, the player whom they signed from... Preston North End for 2 million, yeah. I believe, who didn't start a single game, has been loaned out to Sheffield United. So they are trying to make one final push for a winger. I really, really think Liverpool need a ready-made winger because they are going to lose Salah and Mane for about a month in Jan because of the Africa Nations Cup. Salah, Mane, Keita and I believe Joel Martip, if I'm not wrong. So, so they have to fill in with a player. So if not now, they'll probably look to sign someone in winter. And I think that's about it. Am I missing any other signing? So Ishan, why don't you give us any other sports roundup before we wrap this up? It's quite unfortunate. Not much has happened other than football and cricket in the last couple of weeks because, you know, we've reached a lull in the all the NBA transfers have happened. Uh, you know, I pre like, Summer summer breaks, spring training has all almost begun. They're playing warm up games, so not too many movements there. On uh, F1 again, still time for it to start. Uh, so yeah, I mean, not much happening in sports. So the moment we do have something, obviously, we'll talk about it. All right, guys. So that's about it for our 25th episode, our Silver Jubilee episode. So we had a lot of fun bringing this to you guys. Now, until our next episode, this is bye from Bala. Bye from Ishan, guys. See you. Thank you, everyone, for listening. If you enjoyed what you heard, please make sure you hit the subscribe button. And also, please, like they're literally begging to rate our podcast on whichever app you are listening to. It not only helps us, but also new listeners to easily find our podcast. You can also reach out to us on Twitter at the rate Sports Charcha. A big shout out to the Jam Room Audio for our theme music. You can follow the Jam Room on Facebook at the rate The Jam Room Audio. Bye! Absolutely world class!